Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Last week, I taught on the Holy Spirit. I started the Holy Spirit series, and I spoke mainly about, actually, I started by Thursday, two Thursdays ago, when I spoke about the Magister Veritatis, and spoke about him being the Magister Veritatis, the teacher of the master of the truth, and I spoke about um, him being the comforter. Today I will say a bit more about that, God willing. And um, last week I spoke about the Trinity, the Blessed Trinity. So it's really, I spoke last week, I really spoke about the eternal spirit, you know, but I had to, I was trying to establish biblically, <coughs> excuse me, how the Holy Spirit is God. All right, so it is, um, I heard somebody say this some time ago. He says that when it came to the Catholics, those times, so I don't know, the Catholics, it's like when you follow very carefully, like, it's like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Mary. <laughs> and so it's the Father, the Son, and Holy Mary. And when it comes to uh, the um, reformers, it's God the, uh, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scriptures. It's like everything, the, the theology is all about, you know, which is all important. But the whole thing is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And I thought, I spoke about how the Bible says in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, and the earth was without. So in verse 1 says in the beginning, God, right? That word God there is the Godhead, the triune God, the Trinity. So it's not God the Father, but God the triune, God head, the, the entire Godhead, Trinity. And I said that in the beginning, like Elohim, which is like God's, okay? So in the beginning, Elohim, not the God the Father, the Godhead created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And now the first person of the Trinity, or the first among the Trinity, the first to be mentioned, is not even God the Father, not God the Son, but God the Spirit. So the first among the Godhead, when it came to action on earth, the first to be introduced, to be mentioned in the scriptures, is not Jesus. In the scriptures, it was the Holy Spirit. So that means that the Holy Spirit is so key and he is so essential. So long as anything God, the Father, or the Trinity can do on earth. So, and I explained how when it came to creation, it was a Trinitarian act or work. Then when it came to Jesus Christ's conception, being conceived, or sorry, the incarnation, it was a Trinitarian activity. The Father said, the power of the highest shall over. The Holy Spirit shall come upon you. Uh, Luke 1, 
35, and the power of the highest, that's God Father, shall overshadow you and death, the holy child that will be born. So it took the Trinity for the conception or the incarnation of Jesus, the concept, Mary's conception. It took the Trinity for Jesus Christ to start to do his ministry. When he was being baptized, the Bible says the heavens was open, Luke chapter 321, the heavens was open. And that is a very interesting thing. In fact, I was meditating upon it, I think yesterday or this morning. Um, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape. Think about it. In a bodily shape, it looks like something tangible, something you could. The spirit, you can't see this. The spirit has not got body. The spirit, when we say something is spirit, it's something that cannot be seen or that cannot be perceived with natural senses. Your eyes can't see, your ear can So when you say, I want to hear from the Holy Spirit, it's not something you go to hear, hello. He doesn't have the sound voice, that kind of voice, because he's a spirit. It's, the spiritual realm is different from the natural or the physical realm. And so sound, sound as it were, is actually part of the physical realm. And so when the Holy Ghost is going to speak to you, you shouldn't be expecting to hear. The Bible says, he, Romans chapter 8, verse um, 14, the Spirit himself, no, verse 16, the Spirit himself, verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. So he's already inside you. Why would he have to go outside and speak to you from outside when he's already inside you? So the Spirit of God necessarily, when God, as I thought of this, hearing from God, he wouldn't necessarily be speaking outside those of us who are waiting for a voice, that's even, that creates a room for the devil to speak to you easily. Yeah. Yeah, because he would like to use that opportunity. Well, so the Holy Spirit is spirit. And yet, the Bible says he descended in a bodily form, like a dove. And John the Baptist said, I did not know him. John chapter 1 from verse 30, 31, particularly 32, I think so. He said, I do not know him, but that I, I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. He was very categorical. With water. With water, because that was the first baptist. But the second baptist was coming to do it with the spirit. So in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 downwards, no, verse 12, 13, 7, he says that I baptize with water. But there's one who is coming, who, who is coming from me, behind me, is that the one that, but John, I have, go to the, I think verse 12 or somewhere. Now. He said, there's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to untie. He will be baptized. Indeed, I baptize water unto repentance, but he comes after me, uh, the one who comes after his mighty hand, whose shoes I'm not worthy to. But he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And this, Jesus, listen, you have, watch this, this is very important. You can't be an effective Christian until you know Jesus as the baptizer. Ah. Or the Baptist. He's, he's a Baptist. He was, you must know him as a baptizer. That is one of the major qualifications of the Messiah. So 
He didn't just come to save us, but after Jesus, Jesus, the Savior of the world, he is Jesus, the baptizer with the Spirit. If you only know him as the Savior, you will be handicapped in your work with God or in your potential to receive reward when you die. Because there's no reward you can receive by doing for your, anything for yourself. The only reward we receive is what we reward receive for what we do for God. Excuse me, you, what can you do for God? Ah. I'm not talking about being nice to people. That doesn't mean you are working for God. That's just religious ideologies. Be nice to people and give someone hungry, give you, it's not a reflection that you are working for God. If you are working for God, if you, if you have to, he says, for, ah, I like this one. He says that in, in, in Philippians chapter, chapter uh, uh, I think 2, yeah, 2, 13, 2, 13, what does he say? Philippians, for it is, oh, for it is God which worketh in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you have not heard what I just said. It is God who works in you. For what? Both. To, to, to will and to do. How can you do for God without willing? And the willing itself is not from you. You don't have it inside you to decide, I'm going to do something that will please God. You don't know human being has that inside them. Because by nature, we are enemies of God. By nature, because of the fall, we lost it. We can't, we can't please God in ourselves. So he said, for it is God, another translation which I normally quote says that, for it is God who works in you to produce the willing and the doing of his good pleasure. How, how can you think? Haven't you realized that you can't, even, you can't even please your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, your father, your mother. Some of you know, you've done everything. Sometimes she's happy, another time she's not happy with her. You can't really please them. What I'm trying to say is that if you know what someone can do against you, you can't be fully pleased with him. Now, God knows that you backslide or you will do something. You, so how can you now that you are, yeah, hallelujah, that just that make him pleased? Because he knows what you are about, you are about, able to do and you are likely to do. You see what I'm saying? So you don't have it in yourself to make God. So it must be God who will work in you to, so that what makes him have pleasure is what he is actually doing inside you, not what you are giving to him. You can't give him anything to do. He just give, he gives you what he needs to make him happy. And when you offer it to him, then he's, <laughs> he's happy. And so you can't claim it came from you. Did you understand? That's why when Mary had to conceive Jesus Christ, no, no human being can produce God. So God himself said, don't worry, Mary, I'm coming to do it myself. So he came and did it himself. And then Mary does that. Therefore, that holy, do you see that? Therefore, therefore also, that holy thing, it's not of you. It shall be called, this is an offering of God. It carries God's DNA. Because he himself came and deposited it in you. Are you, are you listening to someone? Yeah. I don't know why you think you can be such a strong Christian without a direct, strong relationship with the Holy Spirit. You, you need a strong relationship with the Holy Spirit. So, Jesus' conception, his ministry started with the Holy Spirit, who came in a bodily form. That really got my attention. I don't know how a spirit in a bodily form looks like. 
But John said, me, I didn't know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, John chapter 1, verse 32, said to me, he who sent me to baptize with water, Therefore, and I knew him not, but I should be manifested. Uh, verse 32. Verse 32 says that, and John bore request saying that I saw that, this is the word I want. I saw what? How can you see a spirit? I said, because I saw him descending from heaven like a dove. I saw it. So for the first time, the Holy Spirit had a physical kind of so that's why I said light, because the thing is not dove, and the form, it, there was a form, he had a form. The Holy Spirit for the first time, because he was coming to endorse Jesus, he had to come like, a, in a, because you don't see spirits. God spoke. The spirits for the first time took on a form, certain form, and then settled on Jesus Christ. So before Jesus started his ministry, he needed, the, he needed the Son of God, sorry, the Holy Spirit. And that's what the Bible says that in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and power. Now listen to this. The reason why he needed the Holy Spirit upon him, because all the miracles he did, he didn't do it as the second person of the Trinity. He didn't do it as God. He did it as man with God on him. With the Spirit on him. So that if he didn't do it as God and man could do that, he was just trying to let us know you can also do it once the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's very important. So everything Jesus did, the miracles he did when he was on earth, why if, oh, okay, Pastor, no, if God he was God, no, no. If that was the case, why didn't he do anything until after the Holy Spirit has come upon him? It was until the Holy, after the Holy Spirit has come upon him, that was when he began his ministry. That was when he healed the sick. He couldn't kill a fly or heal a fly. He couldn't cast a devil. He couldn't do it until the Holy Spirit came upon him. So then, he, even though he was still God in the flesh, this human Jesus, human Jesus, couldn't operate in that power. Until the Holy Spirit came upon him. It's very important. He, re- he died. He offered up himself, as I taught you last week. Offered up himself by the Holy Spirit. So he offered, he died. He saved us from our sins. Even the crucifixion, he had to die by the Holy Spirit. And the resurrection. His resurrection was a function of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he, that if the Spirit of God, who raised Jesus Christ, he, he, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. The, it's the Spirit of the Lord that did it. He said that if... But, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he, he, you know, what, who raised Christ, he also did. So it's the spirit. His resurrection was a function of the spirit. And then when he was going, he left his disciples. He said, please don't move out. I've commanded you to go into the world and preach the gospel. But hey, you can't go. Go, but wait. Before you go, wait. So they were eager to obey him, but they didn't have what it took to obey him. You know why you are struggling with some sin? You know why you are struggling? It's because you don't have what it takes to please God in yourself. You need the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit 
of vitality. I'll talk about, I'll mention that in a minute. So he, the disciples before they went, they told them, wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And guess what? When he told them to go and preach the gospel in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, it says that, go into the world and preach the gospel, baptizing and all those who be baptized, verse 18. All power, Jesus came and said, power in heaven and earth is given to me. Go into the world and preach the gospel and then uh, to all nations, baptizing them. Let's read, let's go, let's go. This is called the Great Commission, which has ended up becoming the Great Omission in a lot of churches. Let's read it. Let's go. Some of you are not ready. I want to, I want to feel the vibration of, your, of the sound of your voice. Let's go. Did you see that? He says that church is not church until it is the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. So baptism, Christian baptism, is in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You can't leave one out. Jesus is God. Sorry, God, the Father is God. The Son is God. The Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is equally God. He is not less God than Jesus. He is not. So we, somebody asked sometime ago, can we worship the Holy Spirit? Certainly, yes. Why not? Because he's God. But isn't it like, so what should, if I worship him, what should I say? Should I say, God, I worship you, Holy Spirit, I worship you, or Jesus, I worship you? Whatever you want is the same. <laughs> it's the same. When you say God, you actually mean the three. When you say, Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father. Right? Referring to God, we becoming the offsprings of God. So you can, in fact, when Ananias and Sapphira lied against Peter, and they thought it was Peter they had lied against. But Peter, verse 2 and verse 3 of Acts chapter 5, Peter said that, you see, uh, kept the part of the price and laid, verse 3, look at verse 3. He said, Peter said to Anania, why has Satan filled, you see, Satan? Satan normally will fill people's hearts. So somebody who is a church member doesn't mean he's immune from satanic influences. You, as a believer, you cannot be demon-possessed, but you can be demon-influenced. So Satan filled your heart to lie to who? Who did they lie to? Come on, where is the Holy Spirit? Where, where? Peter, Ananias and Sapphira, they went and sold their land. No one asked them to. It was, it became so popular, fashionable. The Holy Ghost was moving so much. One of the signs of the move of the Holy Spirit on a person's life is they are very generous towards the work of God. These guys were in the church called Ananias and Sapphira. They also saw that uh, giving is... So also, they, they went and sold their house and brought their proceeds. And then brought, normally they bring it to the apostles' feet. In other words, this is nothing. Just the, they didn't just put in the coffers. Apostles' feet, that's what the Bible said anyway. They brought it to the apostles' feet. And so they also, when it was popular, they also, it started from chapter 4. After they beat them and they prayed that grant us boldness. That with grant up, that with boldness, and then verse 31 said, the place where they stood shook. And Bible says that they, they had favor with the people, God manifesting with them. And then there's none amongst them that lack because those who have sold and it was distributed amongst themselves. And then Bible says that a bar, bar, is it Barabbas or somebody also sold his house, possessed, and then brought it, having uh, brought it, brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Then we go to the next one, Ananias and Sapphira too. They said, uh, everybody, they also sold their own, kept part of the money 
and brought the rest as though this is everything we got. That's where they go. It wasn't, it wasn't the giving of the money, but it was the deception behind it. That's, that's what I'm talking about. It's the deception. And so they came to try and deceive the church that, oh, this is everything we got. And Peter said, tell us the truth. Why, are, what, did you get it? He said, that's what we got. To create an impression like, no, we are so good. We sold everything we have brought. Why are you trying to create impression to church members? When God calls you that there's somebody here, there's this about you, God wants to do, just get up and come. Don't be sitting down and say, I don't want people to see me like that. Don't try to tick, just the tick the boss or keep up with the Joneses. You may miss God. So, Ananias and Sapphira came, and then Ananias said, that's what we saw. Peter said, that's, where, that's why I came in. Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the, who did they lie to? But he was talking to Peter. He said, no, 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 no. You see, you can't see the Holy Spirit. But this church thing is a Holy Spirit thing. It's a Holy Spirit thing. When we are here, it's, this thing, it's the Holy Spirit thing. And it, see, that is what, that's my, my, my concern is that if we are not careful, uh, especially this modern day church, we will, we will marginalize the Holy Spirit, relegate him to the back. Meanwhile, the church is supposed to be the Holy, for the Holy Spirit. Remember, he, he said, the Holy Spirit has made you the pastor overseer. Can you imagine? It's the Holy Spirit thing. And so, Ananias uh, said, you, for you, are li- you have not lied to, um, no, no, before then. Why has it done? So whilst it belonged, wasn't not your own? And then after you sold it, it was in your power, your own power. Why has, why have you conceived this thing in your heart that and thou has lied? Sorry, thou has not lied unto men, but who? Unto God. Didn't you say? Why has Satan filled your heart to do what? Lie to the Holy Spirit. Now he said, is God you have lied to? I mean, are we talking about the Holy Spirit? Is that something? The Holy Spirit is God. But God in our midst is called the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he's, he's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, in fact, Bible says in Acts chapter 13 from verse 1, now the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, and they mentioned their name, five of them, Simon, Lucius of Cyrene, and then the one who, uh, which, uh, Lucius of Cyrene and Menian, which was brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. So Saul was the last person who was mentioned. Bible says, as they fasted, oh, I like this, and uh, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, what, who said? Who said? The Holy Spirit said, separate unto who? Me. Unto me. This church thing, it's not you. The church does not belong to David Entry. The church belongs to the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about, listen, this was not the universal church. He said, verse 1, the church that was at Antioch is not the church that was at Jerusalem. Just the local church. He said, the Holy Ghost said, hey, the church is for me. Separate unto me. Yes, so the local church, the general church, the church is the body of Christ. And then it's manifested in the local church. And the local church, the Holy Spirit is Lord. And what Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, when the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So do you know what it means to the Spirit of the Lord to be somewhere where there's liberty? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It means that, it means that um, the original word is where the Spirit of the Lord is Lord. So where, where the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, where the Spirit, who is the Lord? Until the Lord, the, listen to this, you have to hear this. 
Jesus is Lord over the church. And the Holy Spirit is Lord in the church. Did you hear that? He's Lord in the church. So our gatherings and every meetings must be, the Holy Spirit must have his final say and authority. Someone say, the Spirit is Lord. Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So when he came to the church, it's even a function of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Now in Ephesians chapter, chapter 2 verse 18, 19, this is an interesting text. He said, for through him we both have... For through Jesus, the him there is Jesus, given New King James. For through him, through Jesus, we both have access by what? One spirit. To who? The Father. Do you see the Trinity there? You can't have Christian worship, Christian worship. Says, for through Jesus, we, now he has brought us in the picture. God is so much for us. The church. God is so much part of the church and so much for us. The focus of God is the church on earth. The focus of God on earth is the church. Verse 19 talks about we are one, we are family, and we are no more strangers, but family members and all that. Verse 20. Having been built upon the foundation of the prophets and apostles, uh, apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ is being the chief corner. So go, go on. In whom we washed it, in whom the whole uh, the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple. All right, go to the next verse. In whom, in Christ, okay, in whom you also are being built up together for a dwelling place of God in the, in the spirit. So, you see, in Christ, dwelling place for God in the spirit. So, it's like, he's, he talks about the Trinity we get access to the Trinity. So it's like a, we go in the Trinity and then we stay within the Trinity. Everything God does on earth amongst us has to do with the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, you can't access God. That's why he's called the Spirit of Truth. The Spirit, the word translated truth is reality. Tangibility. You want to re- realize God, you can't realize anything. Blessings, favor healing, prosperity, empowerment. You can't realize it outside of the Holy Spirit because he is the spirit of reality. Now, in John chapter, let me just go this way and then run up. In John chapter 16, let's go to John chapter 16. Maybe before I go to John chapter 16, let me tell you about this. That um, Jesus Christ when you read the New Testament, all the teachings of Jesus Christ, all the teachings, you can read through the teachings, I'm sure, all the, not the New Testament, but the teachings of Jesus Christ. If you're a good reader, maybe in six hours, the teachings of Jesus Christ. And the teachings of Jesus Christ are made up of two major blocks, main, two, there are other small teachings, but it's, it wasn't a lot of, too, it wasn't too much teachings, even though he was always teaching. So the first one is called the Sermon on the Mount. That's the first teaching Jesus ever gave, Matthew chapter 5. How many of you have heard that phrase, the Sermon on the, on the Mount? Yeah. So that's the first teaching Jesus gave. It's called the Sermon on, on, on the Mount. But the Sermon on the Mount, or, uh, sorry, the Sermon on the Mount is a very powerful thing. Many people say that, okay, if you have to be a Christian, just obey the Sermon on the Mount. And that's it. 
And so a lot of religious Christians, when I say religious, I hope you understand. Dynamic Christians operate by the Holy Spirit. Religious Christians operate by do's and don'ts. So a lot of religious Christians always think about see, the regulations, the, the teachings Jesus gave. And the, the Sermon on the Mount, that's where he's talking about love your enemies. When someone slaps you on the, the turn the other one. When someone takes your coat, give him your uh, shirt too. <laughs> There are, there are serious things there. There are serious things there which I, you, can, you can't fulfill. You, you, can't, you can't fulfill it. You see, people say the Ten Commandments is what determines your Christians. Some people say, okay, just obey the Ten Commandments. So Jesus, then others say, Jesus Christ came to say the Ten Commandments is not necessary. The New Testament is not about the, about the Ten Commandments. Listen. The commandment Jesus came is higher than the Ten Commandments. God, Ten Commandments say that and not commit adultery, which some of us, oh, sorry, that fornication and everything. But the Ten Commandments says that shall not commit adultery. Okay. But Jesus said that, he took it to another level. He said, it is, it is written, uh, it said, Matthew chapter 5, that's the, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. It's chapter 5 all the way through chapter 7 or chapter 8. That's why he said, not all those who call Lord, Lord shall go into the kingdom of God. And in fact, the, the uh, the summit of that teaching amongst many people is when he says that do unto others what you, the golden rule. All right. I think John chapter 7, verse 12, possibly, or 5, 12, one, I've forgotten, but somewhere there. Do unto others what you want others to do, what you like others to do unto you. It's so important. Yo. It's more about how you treat people and how you do things. Now, uh, when you read the Sermon on the Mount, it's a very interesting thing. He focuses, like, if you talk about the Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments, that shall not for, says that shall not fornicate. But the, sorry, that shall not commit adultery. But the, Jesus said, he didn't say that shall not, he said that if you look at a woman, hey, and, hey, and you, you, you desire that, ah, this one. If I, yeah, he said, he said you have sinned. Now, how many of you know that's a very serious one? Because the things that go through your mind that you think about it, so you, 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 you you, 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 saw, you, saw your, you, you saw your auntie's husband and you found you had a crash on your design. Ah, I wish this man would. Uh, he said, You haven't done it, but you have you're already gone. That's what Jesus said. He said, But I say unto you, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her in his heart. So Jesus said, Adultery is not just the action. Now, why am I saying this? So the, the, the teachings of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, its demands are so high that there's no way you can fulfill it. So people will be asking, how can I fulfill it? It is found, the way to fulfill it is found in the last sermon of Jesus. Because he didn't have to live without telling us how he can fulfill it. The last sermon of Jesus is actually longer than the first sermon. And the last sermon of Jesus primarily was all about the Holy Spirit. So you can't fulfill the, the first sermon without... Practicing the last sermon. Mm. Most of you, when I got born again, they told us about how, you know, you, you, which of the fruits you, do you bear. No, no, you can't be bearing any of the fruits. It's the Holy Spirit. Once it's in you, we will notice by your fruits. Yes. By the fruits, it's, it's him. It's his nature. So if the Holy Spirit is in you, we will, there are certain things. So it's not so much about the gifts. You are speaking in tongues louder. That shows so much that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you are living by the Holy Spirit, it will show. Goodness, kindness, love, 
mercies, gentleness, a lot of things. Many, many marital crises is because of the lack of the Holy Spirit. Ah. Now, you cannot live based on the standards of Christ or the instructions of Christ by yourself. It takes the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It takes the Holy... So, his last sermon was primarily on the Holy Spirit and it was his actually longest sermon. And much of it is from John... It, and can you imagine? His last sermon was on the last night he died. Yeah. Last words people tell you when they know they're about to die, you have to take them serious. And you know the last teaching he gave just before he died is all about the Holy Spirit. On, in John chapter 14, chapter 15, and chapter 16, he taught heavily. And throughout his, his ministry, he didn't actually teach about the Holy Spirit until when it was, it was time for him to go. Then he said, now, let me give you the teachings. And so John chapter 16 from verse 5, Bible says that he starts to talk about, I am going to the Father. He says that, but now I go my way to him who sent, or who sent me, and none of you ask me, Covadis. <laughs> That's Latin. Where are you going? Okay. None of you ask me, where goeth thou? Nobody. And I know why you are not asking me. Because when I told you I'm going, sorrow has filled your heart. You are sad I'm going. Because you don't want me to look at the six said, but because I have I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Oh. But you can understand why sorrow will fill their heart. Because this is your master. He's training all the things you know. He's taught you. You like being around him. If you are genuinely spiritual, you always get attracted to the person who has had the spiritual impact on your life. Not because they cast the devils, but because they taught you things. Listen. The spirituality of a man of God is not the manner of devils he casts because every Christian should be able to do that. The spirituality of a man of God is the way he's able to expound the scripture and you find yourself and learn so much from the scripture, it points you to the scripture. Unless you enter 5 verse 16, he said, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. He didn't say, don't fulfill the desires of the flesh, so you walk in the He said, you walk in the spirit and the desire, you, you will struggle with that temptation. You are struggling with temptation, is the, the sign of the lack of the flow of the spirit in your life. Yeah. 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 The Holy Spirit is a, listen, he is the key for Christian living. He is the key. He is the key, the only key, the master key, the ultimate key for Christian living. He is. So at any point, some of you only desire the Holy Spirit when you think, maybe I have to preach. When you are asked to pray, well, maybe your, your cell leader told you today at cell meeting you are going to be the one praying. Then you go and repast, fasting and leave. I need you, Holy Spirit. Yes, listen. To, to a certain extent, it is always good to know you are not qualified. Yeah. And for that matter, you really need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's all. Sometimes you have to be pushed to the wall. Your back must be against the wall. It forces you to, oh, God, I need you. Yeah, God, I need you. God, I need you. Yeah, and God seems to have a proclivity. He has a tendency, an attraction to people who desire him. So those of you, Bible says, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Those of us who are calm, who are comfortable, you will miss God hands down. Yes, you will miss God hands down because God desires to be sought after. He desires to be, it's for, to be desired. He desires to be desired. He, told, he said, I have found David, a man after, do you know what it means to be a man after his heart? 
everywhere God is going, David is destroying him. David is said, I will worship you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. He's a man after man. Some of us, when he's worshiping, tell you, lift your hand, you're angry. Anything at all can offend you. Your, your threshold for friends is too low. Are you not a Christian? Why? Why? You look like an unbeliever in a Christian clothing. Your attitude tells us a lot more about your content. What is inside you? It looks like what is inside you is not of God. It's just full of you. One of the signs of a Christian is that you become less of you and more. The Baptist said in John chapter 3, verse 20, that he must increase and I must decrease. I must go down as he goes up. John 1, rather, John 1. He said he must, de- he must increase and I must decrease. John, John 3, 30. Yeah, he must increase. That must be your, your mantra. Yes. Christ must increase. Yes. And some of us, the church, the church is where it starts from. Listen, all this, we don't know whether it's true worship. It's what you do after here that determines that determines whether what we did here is true worship or not. Your crying in church doesn't mean squad until it has an impact on what you do outside of here. Right. Wow. Come on. It's a message. Come on. Somebody shout hallelujah. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.